Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church Podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougall, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. Good morning, church family. Good to see everyone today. Excited to dive into our new series, just continuing worship of our Lord that we have been doing through His Word, and we're calling this Summer Wonder, and this year, just to context this and where we're we're going this year as a church family, we've been pursuing humility, and I don't know if it's been an epiphany for you, but it has been for me, and in, in, as we chase humility, it is a unique virtue in how we attain it, in that it's a bit counterintuitive, but, but we don't grasp humility by pursuing it directly. We actually attain and grow in humility indirectly by focusing on something else entirely. I love the way Andrew Murray says it. He says, uh, humility is nothing but the disappearance of self in the vision of all that God is. So to say it another way, humility is the byproduct of worship. It's as we Awaken to the splendor and the glory of God. And I picture the sunshine, his, his, all that he is, and we live under that like a, a plant. It's then humility forms in our soul. So this, for the next four weeks, we are going to do something that is really, it's a, just syncs up with what's going on in creation around us. But God actually in his word leads us in this through several places in scripture where he invites us through creation to awaken to his glory, respond in worship, and the, the um, really the byproduct will be we will kneel in humility. And so excited for this. I picture the, the text that we're in each week like a, a back road of Indiana that, that we're just cruising along on our bikes or our golf carts or our uh, whatever mode of transportation that makes you relax. And we're, we're just... Um, God is saying, hey, look here, look here, look here at, at my glory, and we just worship. It's a worship road trip, if you will. So the first text we have today is Psalm 19, it is where we'll be. We'll, uh, we'll get there in just a moment as we do, just to, again, set this up. I love the way Paul Tripp says it. He said, the radical truth about the existence of God isn't just preached on Sunday, it's preached every day. Through the beauty of a sunset, the power of a storm, the inexhaustible wings of a hummingbird, the, the hugeness of a mountain, the whisper of a breeze, the smell of a sizzling steak, the beauty of a petal, the petal of a rose, and so on. God did this because he is a God of grace. He did this so that we would run to him, not from him. He did this so, so that we would recognize our positions as his creatures and bow to his glory. And so as we come into this series and as we um, get into this text today, the prayer is that this would lead us to some times throughout this week and even throughout the summer and I hope even throughout our lives where we uh, develop the practice of, of returning to a childlike wonder in all that God has done, what he's made and, and what he is doing around us. I was thinking about my own life, I don't know if you feel this, but how easy it is to just start hustling through the days and you get overwhelmed with the, the to-do list, but also the pressures and the just uh, preoccupied minds and we, we have so much information coming at us and all the opportunities before us and 
I can just hurry through the days and very rarely pause and bask in the wonder of, of what God has done and what he's doing. Thinking about, you remember that moment, the season of life when you were a kid and you had like nothing but time to burn on a summer afternoon? Maybe some of you kids are there like, man, this summer you just got, every day is just this blank page of fun and adventure. And, and it'd be fun at Summerfest today even to just share our stories of what you do as a kid, the crazy things we did as kids on summer afternoons, but, you know, wiffle balls and water balloons and bikes and friends and, you know, uh, catching bugs and, and just all the stuff we, we, we would do on this. One of, one of the, my mind goes to a, a precious memory where, uh, of the kite. And sometimes on a summer, uh, summer afternoon where there was a breeze, we lived down at uh, by the high school, I would grab the kite. And if there were no buddies to play with, I'd just head up there by myself and um, set the kite to flight and then spin the string. You know, until that string was gone, the kite was just a speck in the sky. And then I'd stick it in the, the grass beside me, lean back on the, the grass and just watch that kite fly and watch the clouds go by. And I remember just the piece of that moment. I was young in my faith as a, a kid, but you know those times I, you sense the Lord. I, I don't remember praying in those moments, but it's almost like you don't have to pray. You're just with him, and he's with you, and it's just good. And um, those times can, uh, I look at my own life now, and, and they, why is it those are fewer and fewer? And so I hope that, that this series will also inspire some of those moments for all of us. If you're headed off on vacation this week, man, what a great, uh, great opportunity to practice that. But uh, I, I love the way Elizabeth Barrett, convicting in what she says, she says, Earth is crammed with heaven and every common bush afire with God, but only those who see take off their shoes, the rest sit around and pluck blackberries. And so today we want to see and celebrate God's glory in his creation. So Psalm 19 will be our text. Uh, in this psalm, the psalmist David leads us to three vistas or three lookout points in which we see the, the glory of God and three places to pause and, and to worship him. The first vista is to look to the sky and celebrate his greatness. There in verses 1 to 6, he writes, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. So it's a class that's always in session, 24-7. God is declaring his glory through what he made in the skies. Verse 3, they have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth and their words to the end of the world. Neat to think that these skies, what God has done in the heavens, it's a uh, every language, every people group Without words, they still understand the message that, that there is a creator and he is awesome. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It's like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. And so he'll use a couple pictures here to just describe the, the sun's uh, vitality. And it's not like the sun, the bridegroom, you know, he is going to come out of his chamber because it's wedding day and he's going to um, seek to bless his bride and and uh, marry her, it's, he uses another picture, like a champion rejoicing, rejoicing to run its course. So this would be like, you know, uh, a picture like Lucas Stewart, who is a great runner. And when, when you're trained and you're strong, you can't wait for your race. 
when you're not so strong or <laughs> trained, like, oh boy, here we go. The sun never says, like, oh boy, this is going to be a rough day. Or, you know, can I just hit snooze and I'll come up nine minutes later. Or, like, every day, the sun is just rising up and, and with strength and vitality as God has given it to, to it. It, raise, it rises at one end of the heavens, it makes its circuit to the other, and nothing is deprived of its warmth. It bring, makes things come alive as it does what it does. So the first vista here is to look up and celebrate the greatness of our God as we look to the skies. The simple calling of God here is to look up and bask in the wonder of the heavens. Why has God made the skies the way he made them? With their vastness, with their beauty, with the colors, with the, the balance, the beauty of the plant. Why, why did he do this? And hear what the psalmist is saying and God is saying is, this isn't just a masterpiece to admire. He made the heavens to say something, to declare a message. And the message is simply this, glory. The glory of our creator. Now, that word glory is kind of a a fuzzy word, but, but what it means is, it's our attempt with the English language to take all that God is, his every attribute, which is he's infinite in every attribute, and stuff them and compact them into one word. And then that one word inspires our praise and adoration and thanksgiving to him. The heavens nonstop, 24-7, every person on the earth, every square inch of creation are declaring the glory of our God. If we will look up, see them. And God created us with the capacity to do that and calls us to do that. When we look up and see the beauty, majesty, and vastness of the heavens, they're shouting his glory. They're shouting he is spectacular in his beauty. He is awesome in his, his majesty, and he is infinite in his vastness. What is God like? Look up. <laughs> look up and let it just move us to worship. So, is everybody, you guys want to do a uh, trip to the planetarium? I wish we could. All, we, we'd struggle to fit in the planetarium in the high school. So, we'll do the next best thing. I, I text, or, uh, emailed Mike Birdsall, the planetarium expert, legend at Danville High School, science teacher. He's actually just graduating, appreciate his service, and said, hey, man, could you send me your top 10 picks? Well, he sent links to NASA, which evidently is open to all of us, that you can go check out Hubble Telescope picks and... All we have time for is one, so I picked my favorite, but check out the beauty of this that the Hubble telescope um, captures, and it just keeps downloading these pictures that are, that are we can't see with our own eyes. So back in the day, several hundred years ago, astronomers thought that there were approximately uh, six million stars, I'm sorry, 6,000 stars <laughs> back in the day, 200 years ago. And now, um, here's what astronomers guesstimate, estimate. There are more stars than sand on earth, in our beaches or in the deserts. Pick up a handful of sand and be like, that many stars would be an accomplishment. More stars than all the grains of sand on the entire earth. Is that not just, wow. The beauty of it, though, is breathtaking. Okay, now to the majesty. The size of the planets that fill the, the our universe. So we're just going to stay in the Milky Way. Now there's millions of galaxies, but we're going to stay in our galaxy with this, okay? So here's a picture of 
earth is this down here, one, two, three over. There's our moon that keeps us perfectly balanced. If the moon was any size, bigger or smaller, we would fry in the summer and freeze in the winter. So that's amazing. But look at the moon. I mean, this, our earth, and you put it in Jupiter, the planet right next to it, we're just a dot in Jupiter, as big as we are. And then there's our sun, just a fraction. Okay, next picture. The sun... <laughs> Arcturus is just a dot in, in that planet as you go out. Isn't that crazy? Now, next picture. You can't even... Our, the sun is just a pixel over here, Sol, compared to Antares, the biggest of planets. Isn't that amazing? And in uh, his book, God of All Things, Andrew Wilson just does a great meditation on this. It's called Galaxies, and you can check that out. But uh, so you say, okay, these planets, this, this is massive. God created these. These somehow keep going. What kind of space is needed to house these planets? So now the vastness of God's universe. So, so here we go. Scientists are like, how, do we, how are we going to measure this? We, we're going to need, let's, how about we do the speed of light? So light's quick. If you shine a light beam across, none of us are going to outrace that light beam. Why? Because it goes, here's the, the equation for light. It is 186,232 miles per hour. So one second, 1,001, a light beam will go around the earth seven times. So what if you say, okay, now not just a second, but many seconds. We'll take a day, not just a day, a month, not just a month, 12 months. How far does light go? 5.8 trillion miles. That's one light year. So that's what we're going to use to measure the universe. Well, guess what? That ruler to measure the universe is too small. The astronomers like, we need to come up with another one. So they found a, they, they call it a parsec, which is 3.62 light years. That ruler became too small, so they went to a mega parsec, 3,600,000, or 262,000 light years. And that ruler became too small, and now we use a giga parsec, 3.6262 billion light years just to measure the universe and we still don't know how big it is (laughs) and this is our God who created all this for the purpose of declaring his glory to us that we would hear the message and respond in worship so the question to us are we looking to the sky and basking in the wonder of his greatness and worshiping him if I'm honest, again, as, as I mentioned earlier, maybe you feel this, I, I find myself hurrying through the days and even going a week without really pausing and looking up, you know, or looking at, I see the beautiful sunset, but i got things on my mind going, and I hear God is wanting to give us a message <laughs> to remind us of who He is and um, who we are. Ralph Waldo Emerson once asked, what would we do if the stars came out once every thousand years? He, he speculates, no one would sleep that night. We would be ecstatic, delirious, made rapturous by the glory of God. Instead, the stars come out every night and we watch TV. I love what the habit of President Teddy Roosevelt that he implemented this into his routine. and It is said he would often go out after a, a day of work into the to the night sky, look up, and he would uh, find the faint 
spot of light at the lower left-hand corner of Pegasus, a constellation. So just this little speck of light. And he would recite this. That is the spiral galaxy Andromeda. It is as large as our Milky Way. It is one of a hundred million galaxies. It is 750,000 light years away. It consists of a hundred billion suns, each sun larger than our own sun. And then there would be a pause, and he would say with a grin, now I think we feel small enough, let's go to bed. (laughs) The heavens declare the glory of our God. But it's here we begin to feel attention. If our God is this big, and this awesome, and this powerful, We can start to cower, can't we, in fear? And there is a healthy fear and reverence of him and just understanding that he is infinitely bigger than I am. But how do we relate to a God like this? And it makes us want to run from him. And that's where David next takes us to uh, another vista. And it's a vista to, to lead us to worship and keep us from running from him, but running to him. And it's the vista where we look to his word and celebrate his goodness. In Psalm 19, verse 7 there, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect. Speaking of the word of God, is perfect, refreshing the soul. This is almost a summary of what he'll say, but perfect meaning it's complete. It has everything we need to have our souls set right, come alive, to uh, be vibrant and living. Um, we know that the gospel is, uh, gives us everything that we need to be right with God and, and to live forever. He goes on, he says, the statutes of the Lord are tr- trustworthy, making wise the simple. So what we have in the word of God is revelation that, that helps us navigate the, the confusing moments of life. And then the precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the, the heart. And it's that idea of what God prescribes, it's right and it just makes you happy. And that one commentator described a doctor who prescribes the right medication for what you need and it just makes you so grateful. Our, uh, my dad, a couple uh, weeks ago, was uh, sitting here in church, and the words on the screen started messing with him. Closed one eye and realized something's going on with his eye. And so thankful for Dr. Daryl. Got him in there Monday. Said, hey, you, not only do you have cataracts, but you have a hole in your retina. Scary moment when your sight starts to go. And is there hope for that? Yeah, there's a specialist. So this week, he had uh, surgery on that. And took care of it now this morning he's laying on his you have to lay like for five days or so on your stomach to let they put a gas bubble behind your eye and it has to heal and it's just the oh the joy of having somebody who knows what to do and give you the prescription so now you can see and read and all those things the creator has given us his word uh, we might see, and, and the next verse goes on with, to, to the side idea where it says, the commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. They open our eyes to, the, to what is true and right. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. This is the effect of the word of God on us. As we f- read the word, we grow in our reverence of him and, and a reverence that will endure. Um, the decrees of the Lord are firm and all of them are righteous. It's the idea of um, they are firm, a firm foundation for our life, and they all fit together in a way that forms a firm foundation. They are 
consistent. And then verse 10, they're more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They're sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. That idea of internalizing the word of God and sweet to us. By them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. And so here our God is leading us to this vista. Look to his word and celebrate his goodness. God has revealed himself to us not only through his creation. Some, someone has said there are two books God has given us. One is his creation, the other is his word. The creation we call general revelation, but his word we call special revelation in that it's here God, we know through his creation he's powerful. But we wonder what kind of God is he? And in his word he says, this is who I am. I'm a God who is powerful, but a God who loves you passionately. A God who is kind. A God who is compassionate, unfailing in love. And a God who cares about your life. And, and um, you know, I, I think of, uh, and again, we, most of us here, I think, would say, we, we, we're all familiar probably with the Bible. We probably all have multiple copies of the Bible. But can we just pause for a moment and think about the wonder of what we hold in our hands? That the God who created the vastness of this universe and his power has loved us enough to put in our language how life works. Who he is. Who we are. What, what, what he's done for us. I think about the... Uh, his, we see the, his greatness and his glory in creation, but we wonder why does creation groan, you know? Why is there pain? Why is there disease? Why is there suffering? Why, why do I groan? Why do I fear? What's wrong? And, and God in His grace gave us the word to answer those questions and then to say, hey, and there's hope. And He's given us um, ultimately the living word of God, Jesus Christ. Points all His word, the written word points to the living word and the living word, Jesus affirmed the written word. He said, we live by this word. It's a precious, precious gift God has given us. This morning, may we bask in the wonder of what we hold in our hands. Students, you guys are all, some of you heading out to, to get jobs. I know our, our jobs are necessary, money is necessary, and, and yet sometimes we think gold. You know, if I just had a pile of gold or a huge savings account. But how much more wealthy are we? It's more precious than gold. Having the, the knowledge, the lagos, how to do life from the Creator. How to walk with Him, know Him, love Him, enjoy Him forever. How to live in harmony with the people who matter most to me. How to deal with the sin problem in my own life and, and live free from that. We hold that in our hands. It's through His Word He protects us. He warns us. He keeps us from evil. Through His Word, He restores our soul. He revives us. How many times have you woken up tired, worn out, overwhelmed by life, and you read a word from God, and He just sets your heart back on fire for Him, and fills you up, and gives you a vision of who He is. Through His Word, He leads us to great reward, the greatest of rewards being Him and, and walking with Him. But as we look to his word, there is another tension that begins to develop, isn't there? And it's the fact that we don't measure up to, to what he calls us to. 
the great commandment, love God with all our heart, soul, mind, strength, love each other. We, uh, we know, I fail in this. And we begin to wonder, what do I do about my failure? And that's where he takes us, David takes us in this third vista in which to worship God and see his greatness. Verse 12, he says, but who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. And so think about our blind spots and those things that we do before God that we don't even realize we do, but they're still sin in his eyes. Keep your servant from willful sins. May they, not, may they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. And then this prayer, may these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. The third vista is to look to your own life, celebrate his grace. And this morning as we join David at this vista, may I just encourage you to think about the waterfall of God's grace that's pouring into your life today. And even all of us this morning are guilty of hidden faults, things that blind spots that we don't even realize we've offended a holy God. And yet through faith in Jesus Christ, those sins have been forgiven. And we stand, we can boldly enter his presence as kids. I was at, ah, it was Tim Keller who said, only a child has the audacity to interrupt a king at three in the morning for a cup of water. And that's the kind of access we have to God through faith in Christ. And even as we're offensive um, in ways we don't realize, he goes on and, and uh, says, keep your servant from willful sins. May they not rule over me. And Think of all the ways that God has not only forgiven us, but set us free from those sins that, that could hold us enslaved, hold us in bondage, and uh, keeping us from great transgression, leading us into a life that, that can be blameless. And then that last prayer, the prayer of David, may these words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. And just David's desire is to live a life that's pleasing to God. And that's a gift of grace, to even have that desire. And God has given that to us, that, that we want to please Him. We want to live for Him. And this is His grace, His empowering grace that He's poured out to us. As beautiful as the stars are that the Hubble telescope is, is showing us, there is something created to be more even beautiful than the stars. Unique in his creation. And do you know what that is? The pinnacle of, of his creation. It was the last thing God created. And what makes this creation unique is that it bears his image as something nothing else in creation bears his image. This creation has the capacity to relate back, reflect the glory of God. And that would be us. This is where David ends, isn't it? And he ends at that great tragedy where we defaced the glory of God in us through our sin. But God in his grace is restoring that glory day by day, bit by bit. I love how Paul says it in uh, Philippians 2. He says, hey, don't grumble and complain. And he calls them up to live like Christ and says, um, you shine like stars in the universe. In Daniel 12, same thing. Those who lead many to righteousness will shine like stars in the universe. And it's just neat to think our role in this creation is to reflect the glory of God um, in a way that only we can do as we um, live a life of worship and live a life of love for him. All right, so this summer, 
May, uh, may it be full of worship moments as we bask in the wonder of, of His creation. Today, Psalm 19 is, our, our, uh, is the map we followed, the, the road trip that, that God has taken us on, three vistas in which to pause. And, and this week, I would encourage you to, to, let, to continue to, to meditate on this psalm. Verse, the first vista is look to the sky and celebrate His, his greatness. The second vista, look to His word and celebrate his goodness. And then that third vista, look to your own life and celebrate his grace. I love the way David ends this psalm. He says, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. It gets super personal here, doesn't it? Where, yes, God created all this, and yes, I have his word, and he's pouring his grace out to me, but he says, you are my rock and my redeemer. My rock. It's a picture of salvation and the safety we have through faith in Jesus Christ. And then the Redeemer is the picture of being set free from our sin and um, our lives given back to us and sanctified. And today the question, first question for you would be, do you know Him as your rock and your Redeemer? Are you trusting Him as your Savior? And if not, His invitation is open to you to trust Him. And um, that's why Jesus came. And is it yeah, invite you to, to, uh, to seek Him, to trust Him, to follow Him, but for the rest of us, or for all of us, the, uh, the challenge today, I'll, I'll give us a super uh, practical application out of this text. We'll call it the Summer Wonder Challenge with three parts. The first part is this, chair time. So we talk about chair time. It's our daily meeting with God where we get in our, usually we go to the same chair and we get in His Word, we pray. But this week, one day, this is going to be tough. We're going to, those of you who like uh, schedule and all that stuff, it's going to totally blow your spot, your uh, structure. Take your chair time on a walk, a wonder walk. Psalm 19, grab, grab Psalm 19 on your phone or whatever, and go walk outside and just look around and bask in His glory. Does that sound good? So chair time, go take, take that on a wonder walk one day a week. Second part to the uh, wonder challenge, summer wonder challenge, is new liturgy. Throughout the day, Get in the habit of looking up at the sky and just pausing and praising Him for whatever you see. So, middle of the day, it might be a cloud, might be a bird, blue. But then, isn't it interesting, God makes the start of the day and the end of the day especially pretty. And I can't help but think He's, like, inviting us into those worship moments. All right, third part of the, the challenge is night sky. And now, those of you who like to go to bed early, this is going to really push you. But, uh, and I'm in that camp, so I'm, I'm, it's tough because the days are getting longer. You have to stay up till like 10 o'clock to do this. But go outside, look up at the night sky, and spend 15 minutes uninterrupted just praying and basking in the, the beauty of his, his, his sky and thinking about beauty, majesty, and vastness of what God's created. You guys up for that? Some of you are like, man, I really can't mess with my schedule. I got to be good the next day. So if that's you, how about wait till nine o'clock and then on your phone, scroll through NASA's Hubble stuff. And that counts. Is that good? <laughs> and you can bask in the glory of those pictures. All right. Keep your schedule. <laughs> Maybe you've been thinking throughout this, uh, this time, you know, John, I'm with you. I've grown tired and weary. Numb and overwhelmed to the wonder of, of what God has done around me. 
I hope you hear the Lord whispering to you, come on back to the wonder of childhood. I know being a parent, that was one of the great joys is you just get to slow down again and see things through the kids' eyes. And it really led me into that really worship again, but, but for all of us. Um, may we pause and, and just slow into the wonder of what he's done, who he is. Hear him say, let's fly a kite again together. Let's take a walk along the creek. Pull into Ellis Park and on your way home from work and let's go catch a crawdad. Let's watch a sunrise, sunset. Picture myself inside at the kitchen table having chair time and where's the Lord? He's outside on the back patio waiting for me to just go out and listen to the birds sing. Come pick a flower. Spend, your, spend some time looking at this flower and basking in, in what I've done. May we worship the Lord in the wonder of His creation. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.